One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to The Reset with me, Sam Delaney. This is a podcast that I hope helps normalise discussions about stuff like anxiety, depression, addiction, and just all the tough times that all of us go through from time to time. It's mental health chat without all the bollocks. My guest this week is the actor Paul Donan. Paul became famous in the late 90s when he starred in Hollyoaks. He became a bit of a national heartthrob. He then went on to Hollywood for a few years to try and make it in movies, but... By his own admission, he spent more time partying in LA nightclubs than he did actually acting. In 2005, he came back to the UK after becoming the breakout star of the first series of Celebrity Love Island, after which he became a real regular in the tabloid gossip pages thanks to his notorious party lifestyle. Since then, he's been on Celebrity Big Brother, numerous other TV shows, the odd movie too, and a series of appearances on the London stage. But throughout this long and very, shall we say, colourful career, he's also been locked in a constant battle with drug addiction. He's been in and out of rehab like nobody's business. I've known Paul for about 10 years. We've worked together and become good mates along the way. One of the reasons I love him is that he's so brilliantly open about his problems and struggles with addiction and mental health. He's, he's a fearless bloke. He's honest and he's funny with it. And despite his tabloid image, he's got a huge amount of insight and wisdom around these sorts of issues. He's been a big help to me in my sobriety for sure. He's a great talker and I hope you enjoy listening to his thoughts and stories about his mad and occasionally bad life. Enjoy. Paul Danan, welcome to The Reset. Do you know I love the name? Yeah? Yeah, Reset, because it's like, what? Like it could mean anything really, like resetting my life, resetting the... Uh, the pause button, I don't know. Because, like, you know, Matthew McConaughey talks about it in his book about resetting, but he doesn't use that word, but he says he has to go and walk about. Yeah. You know? And, like, walk about is really important in a way, and it's kind of made me think, yeah, when I do step out and go for those walks, it's a, I reflect on what's going on, and mm. I kind of have that time for myself to kind of go, okay, you know, how do I, uh, you know, deal with whatever? And, you know, it's just that 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 reflective time and that kind of, time to then come back into the world the family the the girlfriend the, the well, whatever it may be at the work life and be more refreshed uh, mm. uh, 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 and, and more um, kind of focused on okay what i need to do that's 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 right or what i need to change that's wrong you know 
Paul, I'm really delighted that you're joining me on this because I have to say, not you know, blowing smoke up your ass here, but you've had a big influence on me over the years in terms of my attitude to particularly to sobriety. Um, because you are someone who's had a lot of challenges and struggles with with that sort mm-hmm. of stuff in your adult life. And yeah. you know, since the first time I ever met you, which is another funny story, it's probably worth a podcast itself, so we won't go into it. But when we uh-huh. made that pilot together for BBC yeah. Three many years ago, yeah, and I and I, I spent just one day with you, and you'd already told me like the yeah. whole story of rehab, yeah. addiction, recovery, so candidly. <laughs> and uh, at that stage in my life, I was yet to go through those struggles yet myself. They were obviously latent inside of me, but I hadn't gone through them. And the truth uh, was, I was struggling right then. Yeah, I was kind of like thinking that I, you know, could I, like, I could talk a good talk. But actually, yeah. you know, if I really got honest with you, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, deep, and I didn't even know how to vocalise that at the time. But, but, you know, the truth was, you know, I was still, you know, in, in a bit of trouble with, with all those things. Mm-hmm. I think the thing was, you were the first person I'd met who were like you. You've got a down-to-earth way about you. You're funny, you're self-deprecating, right? And you talk in this very matter-of-fact way and very honest way, right, yeah. about... The, the challenges you've had, whether that be mental health, but particularly with, with regards to like, you know, drugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I thought, here is a bloke who's cool. He's a laugh. He's not boring or weird, but <laughs> he will openly just admit to shit and do yeah. it with a, a real confidence that you're not feared. You're not fearful of being judged. You're just like, look, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've got, and I've got to deal with it. And that really and then years later, when I got sober and went through my own thing and talked to you about it, you were one of the few people who I'd be really honest with about the first couple of years, because the first couple of years being sober, I was still quite guarded and cautious. And when people said, why have you stopped drinking? I wouldn't say the truth, which was, mate, I had a major drink and drug habit and mm. I couldn't cope and it was ruining my life. You know, yeah. that was the truth. But I'd go to people, I'd go, oh, well, I don't know. I'm just giving it a go. I prefer being sober. But when I spoke with you, especially yeah. if we were, you know, just like the two of us, yeah. I could just say anything to you. And I don't know. I think you're an inspiration like that. And I, it feels to me like you've just always naturally been that way. And I really appreciate that, Sam. But you don't know what that did for me, because when I used to come on your TV show, I used to be like either in a good place or not. And and, you know, and I'd always say yes, because I love doing it. And I mm. sometimes would be frightened that you might see through me and mm. actually go, he's fucking been using or like mm. not that day, but like, like, yeah, yeah. You know, generally, yes, yeah. you know, um, like and, and and that's my own self complex is like you know like um because i really well with- mate mate you did you you did leave a cab waiting for three hours yeah. once so then uh, you know at that stage i did think to my i had an inkling that you might be yeah. using again you know like it's <laughs> stuff like that it's and they're little giveaways aren't they mm, yeah and you know and you were the, the you know the, the executive producer the presenter and everything and it's a job that i wanted to keep doing but that day when you called me in and you actually opened up to me, oh, my word, was I so grateful you did. Because what it did was make me feel more human and mm. put you on more of a human uh, level with me, like equals, like like mm. you. you. So, and, and that's how this stuff works. If, if I give some a, a bit of me to, to a person and they give a bit of them back, I feel like 
like like it's okay like we, we can both relate and we're both on that level where we both get it and it was refreshing because I had no idea that you had been through anything like that you know and it's funny how people don't know sometimes um and for you to admit that you know you had a serious problem with cocaine like I did yeah it's it's yeah. that you know, and it's not about the substance because really, I think we'll move on to that. Is that that's you know, without the drugs, <laughs> it's it's bloody hard. Mm. Um, I, I think that's that's the toughest. Is the drugs were actually my solution at the time. They were the things that were kind of helping me get through life. But why was life so tough? Why yeah, did exactly. I need the substance to make me all right? You know, and in the end, it it, it it does a flip on you. It actually stops working, and and it, and it makes you a, makes makes me a slave to it, and and ruins my life. Instead of giving me that pleasure and that ease and comfort that it was doing, it ends up becoming a real problem. Um, and 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 then it's like, how do I get out of it? And then when I get rid of it, and and it goes, and I start to get like feelings back. Fucking hell, I can't handle it. I'm, yeah. I'm then, then I'm really in the shit. So what do I do? And the only way, and you said it, I've, I've heard you talk about it to Sean Ryder and stuff like that, is, is we need to talk. We need to open up and talk to each other about the stuff that's going on, whether that be therapy with a group of people, with an AACA meeting or whatever, but or to a friend. And it's not always that easy. But I think this society, as you were talking with Sean, is so different now where people feel, especially men, that they can open up a bit more now. And we need to keep pushing that. You know, he said, yeah, but it's a bit like we're babied. And and I felt like, you know, and I, and I loved listening to Sean because it's that old school mentality. But that old school mentality is what's kind of not allowed me to open up to my parents, my parents not opening up to me about how we actually all really feel. It's all like, oh, no, we don't really talk about that stuff. Well, I want to, and the reason, and because I didn't, that's, that's then I needed an escape, you know, and, and when I did Charlie or when I did pills, oh, I could then definitely chat, <laughs> you know, and open yeah. up about how much I, you know, feel yeah. or love or or don't love. And and I, with my little boy, I make sure that we talk and mm. I really want him to open up if he's upset or angry and I want him to cry, you know, yeah. boys don't cry and man up and all that shit. That's wrong. It's the wrong messages. Yeah, I, you're right. And, and, I, and I try to do that with my son as well. I try to tell him it's all right to feel the way you feel. Do you know what I mean? And it's all right. And just try to engage in conversation when he gets upset rather than shouting. I mean, yeah. I don't always get it right, but I do think we've all got a role to play. We've, we've all got kids, but particularly dads with sons, to yeah. sort of give them that kind of, you know, you should chat about this. Yeah. I often say, you're angry, mate. Work, yeah. out, work out why you're angry. Do you Brilliant. know what I mean? Think it yeah. through. Why are you yeah. angry? What's making you angry? How could you fix it? Do you know what I mean? Is there something you want to say? Excellent. You don't have Love to chat. And I guess we've all got a responsibility to do that. Um, mate, yeah. you have been in and out of rehab a lot of times. Oh, a lot, word. Do you know how many times? Tell me. Um, 23. 23 times. 23 rehabs in the last 15 years, you know, and... Um, I don't say that to gloat or to anything. I say it because that is how powerful, you know, addiction is and also how much I wanted to stop and to get clean. Mm. You know, not many people keep trying and keep trying. And that's the one thing people say to me is, Paul, at least you never give up. Yeah. You know, 
And and you know what? I, and I'm not just saying this. I'm on such an amazing uh, journey right now, and I feel like it's the best I've ever felt. And because I'm putting in the work, and mm. the, the the work I mean, as in recovery, as in things that are suggested to me that will keep me clean and sober, but also live a really you know, an honest and happy life and start to do like really good things and nice things and help others because, you know, addiction is so selfish. It's so self-centered and it's not because I am a selfish person. It's because, you know, that's, that's all I can think. That's all I want is stuff for me. Like how am I going to get that? And how am I going to get my next drug or how am I going to get that? girl to like me or you know it's not really it, it traps me from thinking of others and when I'm in recovery like suddenly I, all that's I, I realize wow I, I need to think of them I need to be more and it's they call it a spiritual malady and you know French malad is sick so my my spirit was sick for so long whether it be from trauma from from not being able to talk to my parents from abuse from whatever as a child I don't know but I think that's definitely something to do with addiction. Um, ADHD, I never knew about, which I've now definitely know I have. And I've, I've been working on that. That is something where my attention span is just not there. And, you know, only on certain things. And when there's too many things happening, it all piles up. And the only relief is to do a stimulant. Mm-hmm. You know, most people get high from a stimulant. I end up, uh, it makes me more uh, mellow. That's mad. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. And, and so all of that stuff like left my spirit a bit sick. And when there's a hole there and I'm not filling it with good, like like I, I, I need to fill it with some sort of um, artificial substance that makes me feel good. And in the end, that artificial substance, whether it be a pill or a drink or, or, or a powder um, or a woman or, or food, or, or shopping, you know, or gambling, all these things have happened, but in the end, they don't quite work because they're all exterior and it's an inside job. And interior, inside me, there's a hole, there's, there's this, this malady, this spirit that's sick. And how do I feel that? I feel it now, I feel it with doing the right thing, with doing good, with, with helping other people. And the, the, the more I'm away from the drink and drugs, the less chance they're going to make my spirit more sick because when I take them, all my life goes to hell on everyone around me and, and my behaviour, my selfishness comes out, my, you know, my whole, it's kind of, it turns me into this whole, you talk about demons, it talks about, yeah, it's like the devil, it turns me into a nasty pool, which isn't the pool that I, I, I am, I, I should be. And, and so, 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 yeah, the further away I am from that drink and drug, the more uh, my spirit gets fitter and fitter and, and it starts to grow. And today I feel like it's in a good place. But, you know, that's a real trick because it, it wants to trick me and go, yeah, you're all right now. You know, yeah. you can just yeah do that and, and you'll be all right. And then boom, I'm back to square one. So, like, I have to work on it every day. I relapsed once on, not, not on drink. I haven't touched, since the day I stopped drinking in in. Uh, June 2015 I haven't touched a single drop but I did I did relapse a couple of years into it just shy of my two-year anniversary on cocaine and it was and it was really similar to what you're describing that there was simply too much going on in my life which makes it an excuse I'm not making an excuse but my analysis is that I got I allowed myself to become overwhelmed 
again. Yeah. And yeah. overwhelm is a word that people use a lot in recovery and stuff, isn't it? There was just too much going on mm-hmm. in my life. I'd taken on everything, partly because I thought, oh, well, I'm sober now, so I've got a superpower. I can do everything, right? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I could make myself busier. Whereas yeah. I, and so I, I relapsed. It was awful. It didn't last. It was like it happened on two occasions, very close to each other. Uh, I got very upset, depressed, but I immediately like told my wife about it and my Brilliant. therapist. And since then, touch wood, to, to, you know, that was whatever, four years ago. And yeah. since then I've been okay. But do you know that needed to ne- happen? You're sometimes. never safe, are you? No, you're not. I don't you think that that relapse was a blessing in disguise? Because I think my last relapse needed to happen to mm. bring me to this place today. Because I will never forget what that relapse did mm. and how I was tricked into thinking it'll only be a little go, man. It'll yeah. be one one little line, what one sorry little gram or whatever it was. I can't even, you know, actually I can't remember. But, uh, you know, whatever, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. It's like it will just be that one go or that 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 one night and, you know, and I'll be all right. And it kind of, it, when it wasn't and it lasted for a few months and yeah. it took me so quickly to such hell, you know, where I genuinely was seeing things and in complete psychosis, I thought, you know, fucking hell. Man. And that scared me because I didn't know if I'd come back from it. And, and and now maybe I needed it to get that painful for me to kind of, you know, be aware that that's where it takes me. That one, that mm. one takes me to, well, it might, it might not have brought me, but I might not have yeah. made it. Yeah. And, and I, and I, 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 I try to remember that. And we all have to, don't we? Is that you could just straight, because there's been cocaine is a, a is like a, a fucking powerful and oh. horrendous drug. And, and my problem is that I did it sort of seemingly without consequence for many years before yeah. it became an actual problem. So once you've been doing something like that for 20 years, drink's the same. You think, yeah. oh, I am i don't have an addictive personality because I've been doing this 20 years and it's never yeah. been something that has got out of control. And then in my mid-30s, mid to late 30s, suddenly it goes from, I've been doing it since I was about 18. So I thought yeah. I was in the clear. But 18 years into it, just being like a weekend user or whatever, Suddenly, and if you're listening to this and you think, nah, I only really do it at weekends or, yeah. you know, I, I, I never do it more than two days running or something like that. Right. And you think that that makes you safe. Drink. And I'm talking about drink and drugs. Yeah. Uh, you know, all I'm saying is be cautious because some Definitely. people say it's a noose that's around your neck. I think Chris Ryan said this on last week's podcast. It's a noose that's around your neck. And it's tightening slowly the whole time without you almost noticing. Do you know what I mean? And eventually it will get you. Yeah. And there's that thing called the invisible line. Mm. And once you go past that invisible line, there is no coming back. So what I mean by the invisible line is that, that there gets to a point where, you know, I need it. I have to do it. And if I give up and then go back, I, 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 I can't use normally like i did when i was younger i can't just take it or leave it i've gone past the point of no return where once i start i can't stop Mm. now if people are just doing it on weekends uh, it will end up becoming more in the end and if it doesn't fucking lucky you Mm. not lucky but you know whatever you can take it or leave it that's fine but it is playing with fire and not everyone is an addict and some people can just go through phases but most people that are doing it more 
you know, as, as a regular thing every weekend or once or twice a week or whatever, and it becomes this pattern. Try try not doing it and see what happens. You, yeah. you know, because it's like I think you realise actually that it, it, it was it was becoming a really serious habit. You know, um, and it's only because you had work and other things to fill that 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 other time mm. um, that that you weren't. But like soon, you know, when it when it does like get to the point where oh okay, works tomorrow, it'll be all right, or works on Thursday and it's Tuesday. Suddenly, you don't make the Thursday. You know, the appointment doesn't happen. There's that's when the, that's when it's starting to really ruin things and taking control. Oh, it's Friday. You know, I've only got I've got work Monday. I'll be fine. I'll be all right by Sunday. And then you know, Sunday night you're still up doing it, going, oh my god, I can't go in tomorrow. And that's you know, and it happens with so many people. Um, and and you know, and you know, it's not just us to get affected, is it? It's the wives, the children. You know, yeah. the mum and dad, they suffer, man. They suffer so badly. And today, you know, I can phone my mum up and she is so happy at the moment. It's like they've lost 10 years. Like they yeah. look 10 years younger because yeah. they worry. Is he, am I going to get a phone call that he's dead? Mm. Mm. You know? I, I mean, to, one thing know, that really? I try to say, we're talking about how tough it can be, but you're, you're clean and sober today. I am too. And probably most of the time that we've known each other, we've been sober. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you've had, you've had your moments, but on the whole, most yeah. time, most times I've spent with you, you have been sober, right? And we have had some really good fun times. And, right. the thing, and 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 what I also want to say is, yeah, I mean, Paul has been through some tough times. I have as well, but you know, sobriety is a brilliant thing. And, yeah. uh, and I hope that what we can convey is, is that, you know, you do not become, I was at a meeting. A last, uh, yeah. I was at a meeting last night. Right. And I, I don't go a lot. I should do, but I don't. Right. And. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Someone was saying, oh, bloody hell, you know, for years I didn't turn up because all you know about these things, these AA meetings or NA meetings or whatever, is what you see in TV and films. It's always a load of really, really miserable looking people <laughs> in a circle in a really bleak kind of cold looking church or drinking from plastic cups, right? And that's what you think. So when you're like living, when you're basically, sometimes you are living the high life when you are on it. I mean, a lot of the time you're not, you're yeah. in a depressing situation, but sometimes you're just like, you're out, you're doing loads of gear, you're drinking, you're with loads of people, you know it's a problem. 
But when you think the alternative is to go and sit in a miserable bloody group with a load of like uh, depressed yeah. bastards, you think fuck that. But right. but the thing is, first of all, on the whole, my experience of meetings, which is not as extensive as yours, is is they're full of the most colourful and interesting people you will ever meet who yeah. are telling you their life stories, which are very often better than anything you're ever going to see on Netflix, right? I know. And, and and secondly, you know. You just, I'm, I, I, I think that I was bored all the time when I was drinking, so yeah. and, do it, and doing coke. I mean, me and you have talked before about how, you know, towards the end, coke. What it actually makes you do is fucking, you do a line, and you find yourself, you know, when you get really bad, all you want to do is go home and sit on your own because you can't handle being around other people because well, you get so paranoid. This is it, and that's where I'm. I passed the invisible line because you know what? Last time I was on a meeting, and I was sharing like actually, it was really glamorous and incredible, and I was doing lines of people's bums, and yeah, you know, and, uh, people were women, uh, and and, um, and and you know, and, and you know, this celebrity, that celebrity, and threesomes, and this, that, and the other, and oh LA. My God, yeah, absolute amazing time, carnage, carnage, oh, <laughs> right. But you know what? Those times were gone, man. And for 10 years, I was on my own in a bedroom, wanking to Pornhub, looking out the window, thinking the SAS were coming in. You know, <laughs> that is not much fun, you know. And 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 that's the problem, Sam, is that, is that you know, I think it's going to be all orgies and celebrities and Hollywood Hills. <laughs> but the truth is... It's not, I'm scared to even pee in my own bathroom. So mm. I'll do it in a bottle in my bedroom because I'm scared that someone's going to come and come. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's absolute. Yeah. And that is that I'm way past enjoying it now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know, my best thinking is I'll do another line. Yeah. yeah. That will help. That'll yeah. Get me that is what you think. And that's why it's such a midnight line. Talk about, de- yeah. Talk about demons. Yeah. Like it's telling you know that it brings you nothing other than sheer mental anguish and hell, yeah. right? From yeah. the nothing first line home. onwards, right? Yeah. You know it, and yet it keeps convincing you that all you need to do is a bit more and that will end. <laughs> How mad is that? I know. It's and absolutely mad. Yeah. I mean, a good and night line. I used to do that. You've just reminded mm. me of that. I used to sometimes think if I was on my own, which yeah. was, I think, just need to get off to sleep. Just do one more before I go to sleep. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I reckon I had such a bad problem that I was able to sleep. Most people say, oh, you're up all night. I got to stage where I could sleep, no problem. True. Really weird. It's true. it's true. And that's what I was saying about that. Like, you know, you get so immune to it that actually you do pretty much eat and sleep on it. Yeah. Which is, and that's when it's really Yeah, scary. yeah, yeah. You make my body is so used to this. <laughs> you need to get some kilos if you're going to get high, you know. Like, <laughs> You know, and that's it. You know, you'd say, like, you'd be, I'd be at a, a, an event or something, and, you know, if someone gave me one, the minute I'd have a line, I, I would want to go home. I wouldn't mm. want to be there anymore. I wouldn't be enjoying myself. When I was sober at those places, I actually could be me and chat and be okay. Because when I did one, I was too paranoid that they knew, and I couldn't enjoy it. I just went into the library, you know, and I would say the library. It's like, shh, don't talk like we're in the library. Like, mm. you know, that's crazy. You know, mm. I'm an extrovert, naturally, and cocaine makes me introvert know, you know but... and introverts they take it like you know people that work behind a desk and they become extrovert yeah, you know? it's really interesting that Paul because I'm exactly the same I wasn't when I was younger and I first tried it when I was when I was like a teenager it would have that effect that everyone thinks what it does is it makes you a chatterbox right and larger than life but it's so 
interesting that you should say that because it, it did certainly towards the end just have the exact opposite impact on me. Silence me. Yeah, me too. Like, because I was just terrified. It just made me instantly anxious and paranoid that everyone That's was looking fear. at me. Yeah. Yeah. And that is why they call it a fear-based illness, you know, because actually all it is is we're scared. What are we scared of, you know? And that's that deep-rooted stuff of, like, kind of really looking at why we feel we need to have something to make us feel better. What is so flipping wrong with us Mm. that we need something to make ourselves feel better? And now in sobriety, I still do it, but I need something to make myself feel a little bit better. So I'll go look at internet shopping. Oh, that brand, that brand, those trainers, that looks wicked. And, you know, when they arrive i don't even want them i look nah. at them and i feel shit i feel shit about buying them i feel shit about doing it you know spending the money but at the time it's like that it's like you know when you're about to get score and you're like doing it. it's all the, yeah. the stuff beforehand yeah the, phone the, call, the, the, the actual taking it yeah yeah but feeling that you've pulled something off that's what you feel yeah. like don't you yeah. i've done it i've done the deal amazing yeah. i'm amazing yeah. i'm like jr yeah. ewing and it turns out, like, oh, I suppose I better do it now. It's fucking depressing. <laughs> and it's such an anti-flipping climax. <laughs> yeah. No, because it's never going to be like it was back in the day, you know, when we yeah, first like, didn't even think about it. And it was it was done for a, a more of a social kind of, you know, creativity. You talked about, you know, weed and acid with, with Sean Ryder. And, you know, and I got that and I understood that. And they were laughs and that was fun and music and festival and kind of love and peace. And, but, you know, and, and opening the mind, the doors of perception, the mm. doors, and you know, and all that really cool stuff that I loved. But actually, you know, it stops being all of that. And, and when it does, and then you, and I'm still having to do it, then why? You know, then, then it's really like there's, there's a real issue there. And I think today, you know, we're like talking about, you know, addictive behaviours. There are, Gabor Mate says, there are nearly as many di- addictive behaviours as there are people. So, you know, like you imagine how many things you could kind of get addicted to. And, you you know, this is why all this exterior stuff work, you know, money, mm. women, um, all, all like computer gaming. Mm. Um, you know, even at the moment, tennis, the Australian Open, I'm addicted to it. It's on all night. I wake up and it's still on, you know, and then in the day I want it on. And it's like, man, what is so wrong? with It's all distraction. Morning? It's all distraction, what? isn't it? So, you know, being alone with your own thoughts is what you're trying to avoid. And there's a million different ways in which we can avoid it. But really, I guess you just got to confront all those things that scare you when you're alone with your own thoughts, haven't you? Yeah, and and that's it. And you you talked about kind of guys talking and being honest and talking to each other, you know, and I, like, I think it's really important that, you know, Nowadays, it's amazing how many people actually aren't scared. And you say that I had no fear about opening up about all my stuff. And I think I saw Robbie Williams years ago uh, be honest about his drug addictions and the fact that he wakes up and there's a bottle or he can't wake up. So he he can't go to sleep until he drinks the bottle of JD that's next to his bed, you know, after he's had his mass orgies and loads of cocaine Mm. all night. And, you know, and he was so honest with it. I thought, bloody hell, no one's got anything on him because he's just said it all. And and it and that's what made gave me and I hope Robbie's listening. I don't know, <laughs> and, but but that's what gave me the inspiration to go. Do you know what? Yeah, if I just tell him everything, then no one can do anything to me. 
you know, no one could judge. And, and you know what? It's proven yeah. through doing the morning after, which you produce my podcast, mm. through opening up and being honest about what's really going on. Not only has it helped thousands of people, but it's also kind of given me freedom. And it's proven that people actually value you more and respect you more and have more Ad, admiration for you and, and uh, then, then if you were lying and going oh you know actually I'm all right it wasn't that bad and yeah you know kind of like secretly yeah oh yeah I did use that but I'm fine now I've been fine for years that's bollocks you know I've not been fine for years I've been fine for about a year now but like it was bad I, I like and then I, I you know these relapses and these I don't know. Like, and I remember being scared to say to you I was going to go to Thailand and I told you the real truth and I, I felt really scared about telling you because I thought you'd stop the podcast and you wouldn't really understand. But you you did. But I was still nervous. But you really did. And I, it was amazing that I could just tell you what was going on because I couldn't hide it anymore, Sam. I couldn't come into the studio and record and pretend I was OK because I was trying to talk about like this mental health stuff and I wasn't getting honest enough. I was talking about like back in the day stories. And now since I've been able to really get honest, you know, uh, people have followed my journey and can now it's helped loads of people, the amount of messages I get. So I encourage people to just, you know, as much as it might be damaging in, in a way, like it's not going to be damaging, but like if people are going to react badly, oh, well, you you know, they, they, they should have respect for the, for the truth. I think the truth says a lot. It's true what they say that the truth sets you free. Uh, and and I think it, the the feeling so liberal when you when you're using drugs and alcohol, um, or perhaps you have an, an issue with like you know sex or or for instance yeah. and relationships, all of those things usually lead you to have to live a lie to some degree, yeah. and it, that is exhausting, stressful, and it makes you feel absolutely shit about yourself, which in turn makes you want to do those things more because you need yeah. to escape. The moment you can start being super honest, right, and just think, first of all, know that most people won't judge you, but also feel confident that even those who do judge you, let them, let people judge yeah. you. The truth sets you free. When you, the more you can walk around just without having to lie about yourself and not yeah. and just be who you are, you just feel so free. And yeah. so and so so much happier in your life, don't you? So much more relaxed about and, life. And you you say it, and because the thing is, secrets keep you sick, you know. And that is the truest saying. It's like the more secrets I have, and of course I've got a few here and there that I don't want to tell this one or that one. Yeah, you know, I don't have to reveal everything. But you know, when it's real stuff like I don't know, like you know, addiction or like I'm talking for others now, suicidal thoughts, self-harm, um, you know, uh, gambling, overeating, and, and you're just keeping it all as a lie. All it's going to do is make you do it more. Like what you say, you're just going to, because that guilt and shame is so overwhelming, the addict loves it. Yeah, get a bit more guilt and shame in you. You know, <laughs> yeah. go on, go and have another cake. You know, that'll make you feel better. And it's, and it's, it's a revolving circle, you know, it's just never ending. And then once I just, you know, I'm in pain, I need help. Boom. That's the relief. Mate, sugar, you mentioned there, have another cake. That, is <laughs> my, that, that In lockdown, that's my thing. Because we are, just like you, right? Just like you have said, 
right? You can give up drink, you can give up drugs, but if you're a, an if you've got an addictive personality, there will always be something else. Like you say, shopping's a classic one. Work's oh, a classic one. Killer. Exercise is a classic one for some people. Yeah. And and I've done them to some degree in every way. And it took me quite a few years of being off drugs and drink to understand that I was still fully an addict because yeah. I had this gaping void that I was trying to fill in various yeah. different ways. I'm on top of that a great deal now. I think I'm better than I've ever been. But in lockdown, I will often, this is what I did when I was a kid, I'll often just eat a load of sugar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'll, yeah. have a, I'll have a cake. I had two Tunnock's tea cakes before I did this with you, mate, because I thought... Really? Like a drug, like a drug addict would think. You know, in the old days, you would have thought, right, I've just got to do this interview with Paul. Um, yeah. I'll just squeeze in a couple of like rails beforehand to get me sorted, right? Yeah. So I'm ready. Yeah. That's what I would have thought about this sort of thing in the old days, right? Yeah. Uh, now it's like, What's a rail? Just, yeah, a, a line, right? Oh. <laughs> I would have I thought, I never heard that. nowadays I'm like this. Got to do this chat with Paul. Oh, might just might just go down and grab a couple of tonics tea cakes. So I can yeah, yeah. stuff them in my god first. Quickly, because I need the energy. Chat's like a maniac. Do you know what I did? I got a banana. Oh, it's much better, mate. But it's all I could see. It's all I could find. If I could see a cake, I would have grabbed it. Believe me. Oh. But like, yeah, I'll grab the banana, and it's giving me that potassium and that energy. Good. And you know what? It is true. Like you know that whole kind of nutrition and, and like that's amazing. Is it the guts? What you put in the gut is to do with the mind, the mental health side of things. You know, like you know, we are what we eat, and all yeah. that. That's like, and it's true. I feel better when I eat eat better and healthier and yeah i'm on the omega freeze and all that at the moment like you know um, the tablets and 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 a lot more fish and, and that omega-3 helps with the brain and the adhd things and depression and stuff and it's amazing what we're finding out you know years ago i wouldn't care about any of that i wouldn't i'd take a vitamin c pill i don't want to get a cold you know mm. but now it's like, i didn't realize if i had that more my mental health's going to be better yeah, you know totally. um it makes sense Shall I tell you a quick story just before we go? It's very yeah. quick, and I've never told this to anyone. So I got, I, so I was excited. I got asked to kind of do celebrity juice, right? Right. And um, and uh, and and anyway, I, I go on and afterwards, I'm stupid fucking costume or some shit, and I thought I wanted to be uh, a proper guest anyway. And um, I go on. They go, we got Paul Dunan, you know, you know, and and mm. and Keith brings me on. All the panel are there, and everything. The audience are there, and um, Keith's like, so Paul, you know, and he starts asking me questions, and then he gets the audience to ask me questions, and it becomes a bit of a kind of evening with Paul Dunan on Celebrity Juice. Amazing, mm. it's hilarious, right? But because I'm kind of being a bit kind of. Um, more adult rather than the old character that I would be like, yeah, I love fucking her and this, that, and because mm -hmm. you know what's it's but a bit naughty, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So like one of them asked, oh, how many birds you shag on Love Island or some shit like that, you know? And I, I, I kind of like didn't really answer it the way they maybe wanted me to. And I don't know what I said, but I just kind of kept it like TV, PC mm -hmm. TV, which I shouldn't, you know, should or should not, but I, I said what I said. Anyway, the next night, I'm all excited, but like, thinking, yeah, this is going to be great. And uh, no, the, the answer comes up the, the, of the quiz bit that they were doing, my name, but you don't see me. You don't see anything. They've cut the whole thing out. All the audience, like the way Keith was, the, the panel were with me, and I was devastated. I was really upset because I thought it was funny. It went well. And I kind of reflected on it. I thought maybe I didn't give them what they wanted, you know. So my best thinking was to phone them up 
and have a right go at them, <laughs> you know. And this is 11 o'clock at night because the show's been aired and I'm calling the producer that booked me. I'm calling the booker. I'm calling Keith. I'm call- you know, and I, and, you know, and obviously that wasn't the way to go, was it? You know, I should have just called my agent and said, look, what's going on? Why'd they cut me, you know? And uh, can you deal with it, you know? And because and I left a message on the answering machine at the production company. And, you know, have I ever gone back on that show? No. You know, they've never mm. asked me again. I'm still friends with Lee, you know. Mm. Um, I, I, I love Lee Francis and everything, but he always says it's not up to me who, who they book. Mm. And what it did was it really taught me a lesson. It's like you can't just just react like that, that emotional mind of without stopping and thinking what's the right thing to do. I thought it would help. And maybe they'd bring that bit back on the next week or they'd, yeah. they'd say, we're really sorry, we're going to now get you on the panel, yeah. you know, um, pay you much more. And it, it, no, it went against me. Yeah. Because, you know? Well, you know, I've, I've been in those situations. You've got to take learning to take a breath and sort of reflect a bit and not react in the moment when you're highly emotional is a, is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, and as you say, like the universe, man, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe it was a good thing that that, that, that wasn't shown because it probably wouldn't have done me. I don't know, but it's, again, accepting that that's how it went. But the feelings afterwards of kind of the rejection, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what's painful. And I think addiction is so connected with rejection. You know, when I get rejected, I I feel like what's wrong with me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I need to numb that, that pain and those feelings. And it's, it's it listen we could talk forever sam you know um there's so much depth to this this subject um but you know it's like we're the lucky ones we're alive today and we are having fun and we can yeah. be there for our families and and we can try and help some other people along the way so they're all good well paul uh you mentioned your podcast and people should definitely listen to that because this you know you can hear paul be as, as brutally honest as he and candid as he has been on this show today um it's called the morning after and you'll find it on itunes spotify and all the other usual places and it is really brilliant and you, you get this level of honesty and i might add amazing anecdotes on every episode so, <laughs> So give it a yeah, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it, Sam. And thanks for being there for me. And you know, uh, yeah, it's it's great. And I love what I love this. I love I love this um, this this what you're doing because it's real, man. Well, mate, seriously, thanks for all of the advice, all of the support, always, and, and the wisdom you've given me, and the example that you've set as well for, in your honesty and the way you talk about things. I mean that, uh, you know, it, it's, you. It, it's played a big part in me doing what I'm doing with the reset. So I'm delighted you've come on as the guest, uh, Paul Denan. Paul Denan, thank you so much. See you later, bye, mate. Good. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Usually I sort of interview my guests, but I think this week what what you just heard there was more of just a conversation between two mates. I find that I personally open up very naturally and easily with Paul because he's so open and he's been there, he's done that, he's bought the T-shirt. I'm delighted that Paul is sober at the moment and hope that that continues. I know he's very serious about staying that way. I think if we could all talk as fearlessly and as naturally as Paul, we'd probably all be in better shape. You should check out his weekly podcast, as we mentioned, The Morning After with Paul Denant. It's amazing. He talks about all his problems, his past, the beautiful lunacy of his amazing life. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, you should subscribe to my weekly reset newsletter, which covers my thoughts and feelings about mental health, addiction, 
all of this stuff with, with bits of advice in there too. It's free, so I mean, you might as well. It's at samdelaney.substack.com. Until next week, stay strong and don't let the bastards get you down. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 